Well, it is so great to join you again, Dave, on the Good News at the University of Dallas show. And I have a very special guest today, Dr. Shannon Valenzuela, who is an assistant professor of literature at the University of Dallas. She also is the content director for um, the Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture series and the executive producer or director or what should we call you with respect to this this miniseries that EWTN has just broadcast called The Quest. Yeah, so uh, writer-director will work and uh, produce our guest. Uh, Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. Yes, <laughs> basically, yes. yes. Yeah. A, a Jill, to be sure, and, and also star of the show in, yeah. in a certain <laughs> respect. Yeah, narrator. So, yes, exactly. No, but it. it I, I do want to talk about the quest and and what the point of it is. But before I do that, you know, you you have a very interesting background. You 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 received a, a bachelor's degree from the University of Dallas, and then you went on and got a master's degree and a and a, a PhD at the University of Notre Dame in medieval literature. And what what did you write on when you were at the University of Notre Dame? What was your dissertation on? Uh, it was on Chaucer and uh-huh. translation and cultural memory. So I was working with how uh, Chaucer was developing English as a literary language, uh, like Dante was doing for Italian, for example. So um, yeah, I was working with the Canterbury Tales and some of his early works, and it was a, it was a great time. Yeah, and and it's a time that continues. Do you get to teach Chaucer on on occasion? I do. Yes, I'm I'm sort of in the midst of of that right now. I get to teach uh, medieval literature this semester, um, which has been really wonderful, and uh, have just sort of finished a a brief survey walk through. I suppose we could say the the Canterbury Tales, uh, mm-hmm. Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. So okay, yeah. Well, that's that's one part of your life. You're you're also a a very active wife and mother, and have a, a family to yes. manage and. <laughs> And you've managed to produce this show. And I know before um, we we hired you at the University of Dallas three years ago, you you had just come off of a gig doing a lot of, of playwriting mm-hmm. and screenwriting, I should say, right? Mm-hmm. And, and had won a uh, a national award. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the name of that award and, and what, what did it provide for you? Yeah, so I um, that was about five years ago. I won the Industry Insider Screenwriting Contest and uh, that got me a uh, flight out to Los Angeles. And uh, that was my very first feature film script that I wrote uh, that, that won- ended up winning that contest, which was surprising to, to me, perhaps more than anybody. Um, and uh, that got me signed with my first manager and kind of launched me on this journey of um, my my experience with writing for, for film, mm-hmm. um, which which I continue to do uh, to this day, actually, um, not just for the quest, but for, for other things as well. Um, so, so yeah, that, that really kind of launched me into a very intense learning process. So, um, once I, I had won that, I, I kind of realized how much I didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent, uh, the next several years and I'm still learning, um, reading a lot of scripts, taking as many classes online as I could. And, um, you know, just really kind of digging into, what it meant to write for that particular medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it has served me very well. Uh, it's, it's been a joy to kind of bring that experience to uh, these projects at the University of Dallas. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm tempted to ask you about connections between screenwriting and Chaucer, but, but I, th- <laughs> I think we should move to talking about this project at, at UD. So EWTN just broadcasts the show we've called The Quest, and that's a name that you had come up with. Um, and, and the show um, aired to um, a lot of, of, 
of viewers, and there's been a great deal of interest in the work that's been done. Um, and what what do you think this project is? How do you describe it when people say to you, "What what is the quest? Yeah, I describe it as a documentary-style limited series or mini-series. Uh, it is five episodes, and I say documentary-style because we bring in our wonderful faculty experts, so we hear from many different voices, um, but there is an, an overarching narrative structure, and there's also exemplars from you know, literature, from history, from scripture, from the lives of the saints, um, as we kind of explore the different questions that are, are at issue um, mm. in the quest, which is really um, how do we discover our purpose in this life and then live it with joyful courage, no matter the circumstances in which we find ourselves. So what is the University of Dallas doing, putting together a, a docu-miniseries? What, yeah. what, what is going on um, at UD? Exciting things, <laughs> I think we can say. Um, the way that we like to think about it, I think, is that, um, you know, we are teachers first and foremost, and film is one of the uh, most engaging ways to reach audiences who are not able to be with us on ground at the university and experience what we all have to offer mm -hmm. uh, to our students. And, and we're able to kind of share that, uh, the joy of, of conversation and of collaboration and collaborative thought um, with so many more people um, and people who might not might not know about us otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think this is a really exciting um, opportunity for the university to kind of take that teaching mission out mm -hmm. into the world. Yeah. Now, now I, I shouldn't play games to, with our listeners. I've, I've been a part of this project um, <laughs> since it began. And um, when, when I first arrived at the university now um, six and a half years ago, there were a number of alumni and other friends of the university who would say, boy, I wish I, wish I could take a class again. I wish I could um, have other opportunities for intellectual nourishment coming from the University of Dallas. And and we've now, over the last six years, put together a whole series of engagements, the the um, uh, three years of, of courses in, in the program called Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture. We have podcasts. And and I know you're, you're already at work on additional projects that are similar to the quest. And I'm, I'm really excited to see um, those come to fruition because people are being nourished by what we're providing. And, and that that ultimately is the goal. We're dedicated to educating. We're dedicated to orienting our students, whether they're matriculating at the University of Dallas, but now by extension, um, if they're participating in other ways towards wisdom, truth, and virtue. And uh, we feel that that, that is our, our uh, noblest calling as, as a, a Catholic liberal arts university, really dedicated to providing an outstanding education. So, um, the, the, the cat's out of the bag. People have seen the show, um, and, and so uh, we don't have to worry about spoiler alerts, although maybe not everyone has. Is there access to uh, the Quest that, that people can have um, on demand? Absolutely. So it is available on EWTN on demand on their platform, but it is also available directly from the University of Dallas. And if people want um, access to those videos, they can just go to quest.udallas.edu and sign up um, with your email address. Access is completely free. There is also um, additional resources that we've provided to go along with the Quest. So we really do encourage people to take it 
advantage of those because it helps you to, um, you know, not just enjoy the videos for themselves, but then take your your reading and your exploration and, and thought on on those subjects um, even further. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to to check that resource out. Yeah, it, it really could be a. Um a full spectrum um, inquiry, so to speak, not just not just viewing the the uh, miniseries itself, but um, uh, study books and and uh, other documents and behind the scenes um, footage and interviews and and the like. So uh, please do check that out if if you're interested in the kind of uh, intellectual engagement that this provides. So uh, let's dig into the the narrative of of the quest, right? Uh, the quest is is a particular kind of narrative, I suppose, um, or, or way to think about a certain genre of of narrative. But um, there there are five of these shows, and what what's the story that you're telling? After what are we questing? Yes, this is a great question. I love this metaphor um, because I think that it it directs us towards an end, you know, and it's an active pursuit. It's not just something that we sort of wait to fall in our lap. It's something we have to go out and seek. Um, and that's, that's heaven. That's our, our final, uh, our final home. And so the, the episodes follow the narrative journey of the human life from the moment that we feel God is calling us to some work in this life, um, through sort of the experience of stepping out. Uh, so episode one is just kind of give a, a, a brief summary, I suppose, of the, the what you'll see in each episode. Um, episode one, we talk about the voice of God within. Where do we hear the God calling us uh, to, you know, what we what we feel is our vocational purpose in this life? Um, episodes two and three really concern stepping out onto the path. And then what do we do if we feel that this call is going to ask us for sacrifice? Um so episode two, the appointed task, and episode three, witness, um, really kind of explore what it's like to follow the journey. Uh, episode four is the dark night of the soul, um, which talks about what we do when we find ourselves in those dark places in our lives, and we we all do go through them. It's it's a it's a staple of of literature that every almost every story we know has that moment uh, where the hero must face you know, great darkness and feels that all is lost. Right. Um, and so we kind of talk through that and, and how do we, how do we handle that? And then the fifth episode turns us towards hope and hope in heaven in particular as, as sort of the source of our courage as we walk this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we, we have some of our faculty who are engaged in reflection mm-hmm. upon, um, these different steps of our journey. Ultimately, we hope and pray uh, to heaven, and um, and 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 a lot of philosophers are mentioned, theologians, literary figures, artists, um, and others. Um, what what role does study? What role does intellectual engagement play? Not not in the in the show, the quest, but in each of our quests. Right? Mm-hmm. How 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 do we Think about this interlacing of our own life's destination and uh, the courageous um, um, travails that we endure in order to achieve our end in response to grace, and and what uh, what we often think of as as a side project of study, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but that's not that's not the way that that studying. And spending time with the saints and, and thinkers and, and, and playwrights and the like um, 
are presented in the show. So mm-hmm. maybe if, if you could pull out um, what, what, that, um, what the role is of the intellectual virtues in, in our life's quest. Yeah, I is. think this is this is a great question, and it really does inform the backbone of what happens in in the series itself. But as you say, it's it's the foundation for a a good life here, a life lived well. Um, and you know, stories stories in a way are easy because stories are are engaging and they're and they're fun, and you know, people will pick them up um, in their leisure time and and not feel necessarily like they're they're hitting the books, you know, and they're studying. Um, but nevertheless, they're they're learning opportunities. You know, we we want to watch people engage with a change, right? We want to see how people do these things? How do they overcome obstacles? How do they accomplish a change or a transformation? And so, you know, we kind of learn by, by watching in a way when mm-hmm. we read a story. Um, looking at philosophy, theology, um, I think that that helps to inform us as to the choices that we have, what sort of principles ought to guide our actions. You know, and it, we have a wonderful moment in, I think it's episode one, where we break down what conscience means, and it means acting with knowledge. And in a way, without having knowledge, without having some groundwork done there, you you can't act with conscience. So there needs to be sort of a foundation. Um, you know, and I would say, too, with with the sciences and with mathematics, I think, you know, finding different ways of understanding the world um, just helps us to to realize the providence, I think, uh, mm-hmm. of, of who we are, where we are, and, and where we're headed. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a great deal of focus on personal vocation mm-hmm. in, um, in the series, and, and Dr. Walls does a, a great job of laying out the, the, um, um, the kind of magnitude of response or lack thereof to our, our personal calling. Um, so each of us, each of us is called in a, in a particular way. And, and yet we're all called in, in a general way that relates to the particular, right? So mm-hmm. part of the point of, of this miniseries is, is to reveal that we're, we should all be on a quest, right? We all are, whether you realize it or not, but not everyone sees the life's journey as indeed a quest. Um, so we're hoping to provoke um, in others a, a greater awareness of uh, their lives understood as such. But how do we how do we relate that general calling of um, orienting our lives ultimately towards uh, relationship with God and, and heaven, and and the particular callings each one of us have. Mm-hmm. I think that the and I and I, I I'm so glad that you said that because I think just to circle back on this I think that sometimes people make the mistake of thinking um, that being on a quest means that you're called to do some magnificent thing that everybody sees you know out in the world and that mm-hmm. it's something very high profile or um, very visible and that in fact is not the case right as you point out we each have our own personal vocations and they're all irreplaceable. Um, and I think that what joins the general call to the particular is, is love, in fact, um, because that's, that's sort of the constant uh, in my mind. And that's, that's in a way the through line of the series mm-hmm. um, is this emphasis on um, the way in which even, you know, no matter what our particular calling in the world might be, the general call is to love mm-hmm. um, and, and to, to act from love. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and 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 the examples of acts from love are are many and striking in in the film. Um, and and you you draw attention to um, small acts of of love right right from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Could you could you maybe talk about how how you um, came to reflect upon um, the the um, the woman who's who's um, uh, neighborhood is is being decimated. Who's likely to end up in a concentration camp and does and yeah. and loses her life? Why why start with that? Yeah, I was really struck by. Uh, so her name is Eddie Hillisum, and she she died in in Auschwitz at the age of of twenty nine years old. And I was so struck by her her joy in spite of the horror that she was enduring. Um, and it it made me wonder how how is she doing that? You know, how is she able? Um, to sort of be there on the front lines to to work every day to kind of try to to help her own people um, and then to sort of see that through to its final conclusion um, and and her small acts of courage involve you know visiting a friend instead of allowing herself to be kind of crushed under the horror that she's enduring uh, or that she's seeing going on around her and I feel that's so um, timely in an odd way you know it's it's a world war ii story but that that emphasis on friendship and on small acts that show our love for another um in the face of whatever we perceive to be a a grave evil or horror in our world um i think it's it's so so crucial to kind of focus on what we can do Mm -hmm. and sometimes what we can do is you know just to pick up a friend's kids from school one day, you know, right. and give them a hand, you know, and that, that's a tremendous act sometimes of courage. And, and I, I think it's, that's a beautiful way to start. Right. Um, indeed. And, and it shows how, how all of us can make really significant contributions. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, then we have uh, several examples drawn from the Lord of the Rings yeah. where, where we all know that something grand is, is taking place as, as readers of, of uh, Tolkien's novel. Um, but the the characters themselves don't always, <laughs> and particularly Sam, right? Yeah. And, and or, there's a moment where he really realizes that that the 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 journey that that he and Frodo are engaged in um, is is of just immense proportions, and um, uh, the the seemingly most humble among us have big parts to play. Sometimes when we do those little things, like pick up um, the kids for mm-hmm. our friend from school. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. And I, I I love Sam as an example because he, he is exactly that. I mean, he's not in there in the journey to, you know, go and take down Sauron. He's there to support Frodo. You know, his whole goal is to just be by Frodo's side. And it's that beautiful emphasis on on love and friendship um, that, that really makes that quest possible for, for Frodo. Like Frodo would not have been able to complete the journey that he was on had it not been for Sam's steadfast mm-hmm. love, uh, you know, and, and just unshakable, you know, dedication. Um, so, yeah, I think that again, with, with the story from Tolkien, I think we see that beautiful parallel of, of the, the big and the small, right. Mm-hmm. And these, these uh, to not overlook those small acts of, of love and kindness and courage that, that mm-hmm. make a difference. You know, the, the theme of the dark night of the soul, the, the, um, in, in some ways, it's it's the um, you know the, the climax of of the story and the denouement um, beyond it. But the the um, um, dark night of the soul is is often used in in a 
um, a really um, severe mm-hmm. sense, right? It's it's yeah. rare. Um, someone feels completely occluded mm-hmm. from from God's grace, um, and um, you you provide it with a, a wider application. Mm-hmm. And and um, could you talk about the the decision to do that and, and why you find that to be a fitting way to talk about um, our our confrontation with obstacles? Yeah, I think this is, uh, again, a great question. Um, so you're exactly right that often in the spiritual life, when we say the dark night of the soul, we're thinking like St. John of the Cross or uh, St. Therese, um, Mother Teresa, you know, who who endured this um, sort of deprivation of the presence of God or feeling that they had been had lost that consolation, that, that feeling of just being desolate. Um, but in stories... There is, you know, so it's a plot point in narrative structure. (laughs) So we have, you know, when you break down a story, when when you go to outline a story, you know, one of the one of the beats you have to decide on is the dark night of the soul. And that's the moment where the character on their particular journey feels that they have lost everything or that they don't know how to uh, sort of get the job done, so to speak. Um, and I think that wider application is helpful because, like I said, I do think that we all have moments in our lives where, you know, maybe it's not a spiritual desolation, but it, it could be just a really tangled and dark place in life where we're not sure what we're supposed to do next. Um, we're not sure how how we're supposed to move forward. Um, and so we draw a lot of uh, stories, a lot on stories uh, from, from literature and from scripture um, to kind of help us illuminate that experience, and then how do we walk through it and out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's a great deal of emphasis, and, and rightly so, on on the active dimensions of mm-hmm. of questing. Yes, right, and and um, it conjures images of of knights errant, and mm-hmm. and um, um, I think it's healthy and wholesome for all of us to imagine ourselves venturing forth with sword in hand to do great deeds. Um, there's there's some reflection upon suffering and mm-hmm. and yeah I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about the notion of surrendering mm-hmm. and um, um, how 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 do those moments of surrendering um, particularly to to um, uh, to God's ability to intervene in in moments of darkness how does that play into the quest Yeah I think this is a, a really great um, point that. Coming back to Eddie's story again, um, in episode one, we kind of lay this foundation of recognizing that there is something wrong with the world. And then the question, the next question is, what do I do about it? Right. And there is often after asking that question, a recognition that maybe the answer is not much, (laughs) you know, and, and there is therefore a, a focus on what you can do Mm -hmm. and, a leaving of the rest of it up to God. Um, and, and so that is uh, in a way that that theme keeps coming back, um, throughout the series as we kind of reflect on what it means to, uh, Dr. Susan Hansen has this great phrase. She says, what's in my bailiwick, you know, Mm -hmm. and she, she asked this question of like, what is it that I have direct control over? What is it that I have responsibility for? Um, and then the sort of active courage that's required to surrender Mm -hmm. the rest to God and sort of trust that he will, he will do what needs to be done. Um, and that it's not all on us and not all on our responsibility, you know, to, to take care of all those things. Um, so I, I think that's, that's also a powerful, um, aspect of the, of the story. And, and to be clear, you know, not, it's, you know, we're not surrendering to the Nazis. We're not surrendering to the forces of Sauron. Right. 
right? We're, we're, we're surrendering um, to God that which we cannot control, mm-hmm. and, and we're never surrendering to that against which we must fight in pursuit of, of that which we love and um, want to see come to fruition. That's right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to fight to the uttermost. So the, the, the many stories of, you know, the, the saints that we, that we follow, um, Eddie's story and also blessed Franz Jaeger's daughter who did right. give the last measure, you know, to, um, to stand for what was right. Um, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Well, um, these are inspiring stories or inspiring reflections, particularly in these times. And thank you for the beautiful work you have done thank on you. the, on this wonderful mini-series. I think it's going to touch the hearts and minds of so many people and already has. And it's been wonderful to talk with you, Dr. Valenzuela. Thank you. I appreciate so much the, the chance to be with you. Okay. Thank you.